0: New York City public schools were set to reopen next week. The city's Department of Education crafted a plan to keep students and teachers safe from a pandemic and provide an in-person education. But the city's teachers argued the plan wasn't safe at all. And in a major escalation this week, their union threatened a strike. Yesterday, the city's mayor, Bill de Blasio, decided to delay the start of school. New York is the biggest school system in the country, with over one million students and tens of thousands of staff. And what happens when it brings students and teachers back together will be a signal for schools around the country. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Limbaugh It's Wednesday, September 2nd. Coming up on the show, the country's biggest school system shows just how hard it can be to reopen.
1: Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my hand? You hold my hand! Yeah!
2: Learn about adopting a team from foster care at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.
0: One of the reasons New York City can even consider in-person classes is because the city has got its COVID infection rate down. It's now hovering around 1% well below the CDC's recommended level for reopening schools. That's helped Mayor de Blasio make the case that the time to get kids back in the classroom is now.
1: Look, this is the single biggest piece of the equation. 1.1 million kids, millions of parents and family members who want to see their kids educated the best way possible, and that means in-person learning,
0: Our education reporter Leslie Brody has been following de Blasio's back-to-school plans.
2: The mayor feels very strongly, and many educators agree with him, that students learn best with an in-person teacher where they can see their peers and socialize and get the social-emotional support they get from those kinds of interactions.
1: And we need to listen to the voices of our parents.
2: He also felt that the New York City economy couldn't get back in gear unless parents felt more free to uh, go back to work if their offices opened or if perhaps they were frontline workers who needed to be on the job in person themselves.
0: The mayor was also responding to disappointment with how online school went last spring after the city shut down. A lot of parents were very unhappy
2: with the quality of instruction in the spring, that some of their kids had very little to do every day and were bored and restless and, and going stir-crazy. No one was thrilled with how the spring went, and I think the mayor really wanted to avoid a replay of that. So the mayor feels, hey, we should be among the
0: districts that can do this. Let's give it a whirl. So the mayor gave it a whirl. This summer, he announced the broad outlines of a reopening plan. The city would go with a hybrid model. Students could either attend some days in person or tune in fully remotely. It was the family's choice. How does this hybrid plan achieve the mayor's goals?
2: Well, it's an effort at having some in-person interaction. It still has a lot of kids at home for most of their education. And the mayor keeps saying, hey, we're in a crisis. This is a pandemic. No solution is perfect. We have to be flexible. This is the best idea we have for now.
0: Making the mayor's plan work are the city's seventy five thousand teachers, and as they dug into the details of the plan, they had concerns. A lot of teachers would
2: love to be in school buildings, but they're nervous.
0: I think a lot of them
2: lost trust with the Department of Education in the spring because they felt that DOE was not transparent enough about where COVID cases were happening in schools, and they felt that the department took too long to shut down schools in the spring.
0: A lot of teachers were very skeptical. One of those skeptical teachers took the mic last month at a Department of Education meeting to express her concerns. My name is Thajal Katari, and I've been a New York City public school teacher for the last six years. In the meeting, Thajal said when the pandemic hit, she was teaching in a basement classroom with no windows and no ventilation. I came to school every day despite my fear, taught in that basement every day, tried to calm the students who were concerned, and tried to calm
2: my own anxiety. I did what so many teachers do constantly to make up for a chronically underfunded system. I bought my own fancy fan to create some circulation. I bought my own soap to fill the empty soap canisters. The city equivocated about the seriousness and the threat of COVID in March, and we lost loved ones. I mean, more than 130 members of the New York City Teachers Union died of COVID. They saw a lot of loss among the families that they teach, and they don't want to put themselves at risk at a time when they often feel um, disrespected. I mean, teachers are often uh, not paid as much as they think they should be for how hard they work. And they don't want to put their lives on the line if they feel like the city has not given them enough support and equipment and protection and respect.
0: For teachers, support starts with having enough protective equipment. Masks, face shields, cleaning supplies. A lot of principals say they haven't received that PPE or are just receiving it now. And then there's the question of the city's school buildings, some of which are over 100 years old. The Department
2: of Education is sending out inspection teams to every one of these old creaky buildings, actually to all the buildings, to check on their ventilation. But some of the principals feel like the inspections haven't been thorough enough. There are classrooms in New York City that are in the sub-sub-basement of a building that have no classroom windows, that are totally dependent on big old creaky machines to create ventilation. And there's a lot of concern about whether those are up to snuff and have the proper filters.
0: Then there's the matter of creating schedules for about a million students at the last minute. I talked to a scheduler
2: who's supposed to program kids into classes, and he said, it's just a Rubik's Cube of a task because you have a changing number of students who are saying they're going to be in person, changing numbers of staffers. So the scheduling challenge is enormous, and a lot of these schedulers work really hard early in the summer to nail down kids' class schedules. And they're just getting information now in September for some of the variables that will go in these schedules. So they're just
0: tearing their hair out. Right. It's a massive undertaking, largely because of the scale of the district. Right, and I think what's complicated
2: is that we're dealing with kids. People worry that they could be vulnerable even though they don't seem to get COVID at the rate of adults, and they don't seem to uh, get as sick as adults do. But they're coming back to families who could um, pick up any infection that they carry. The problem also is that staff travels a long distance to get to school, so no matter what you do to try to keep the school clean, disinfected environment, students
0: and staff could pick up anything along the way. Teachers were voicing all of these concerns to their union, the United Federation of Teachers. The union began pressing the city for answers about every aspect of its reopening plan. Like,
2: how should kids enter a building? How should kids leave a building? Who staffs an isolation room if you find a kid is sick and you have to wait until their parents pick
0: them up? The union had demands, too, like more nursing staff and testing. The union wanted COVID tests for everyone stepping into a school building this fall.
2: A lot of people say, hey, it's really hard to get results back quickly for a virus test these days in New York City. How would the city possibly have the capacity to test more than a million kids and, you know, a 100,000 staffers in a week's time and get the results back? So the union was really
0: using that as a way to ask for a delay to reopening schools. So as the summer came to a close... How would you describe the state of the reopening plan?
2: Well, the mayor keeps insisting that he can get things ready on time. The union is saying the clock is ticking. We have very few days left to get ready. And the amount of work that needs to be done is just too gargantuan to open safely. And the mayor just doesn't seem to want to
0: give in. And this standoff between the mayor and the teachers came to a head.
1: We'll know shortly, over the next couple of days, if we're going to have a major war, even a bigger war, uh, with the city of New York.
0: That's after the break.
1: Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my hand? You hold my hand! Yay!
2: Learn about adopting a teen from foster care at adoptuskids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.
0: Last month, just weeks before students were supposed to return to school, the New York Teachers Union held a press conference.
1: Thank you, everyone, for attending today. My name. The is
0: union Michael. president called on the city to come up with a safer plan for reopening or
2: else. The president of the teachers' union, Michael Mulgrew, was trying to ratchet up pressure on the mayor to come to a deal.
1: This city went through hell and came back, and we are not going back to hell because of short-sighted political
2: agendas.
0: He was using very inflammatory language. But it wasn't just his language. Mulgrew also made an explosive suggestion. If the city didn't meet the union's safety demands, the teachers might strike for the first time in almost half a century. And that's a big move because in New York, it's illegal for public employees, including teachers, to go on strike.
2: Mr. Mulgrew said, you know, I'm willing to break the law and go to jail and do what it takes to protect my members. The union receiving all sorts of penalties, I go to jail, all of
0: that. That's all fine, we'll do it if we have to. After the union's press conference, the mayor also spoke to reporters from inside a kindergarten.
1: Uh, We've been working in good faith with the unions for months. Uh, We're going to keep working with them, regardless of what they say, because we care more about kids and parents than these games.
2: The mayor said, that's a stunt. That's a provocation. I'm not going to let it get in the way. You know, we really need to open schools.
1: That's what the children and parents in New York City are asking us to do. That's our job. That's our educators' job.
0: That war of words escalated into action. This week, the union gave the mayor a deadline to agree to its demands. Otherwise, the union would call a vote to authorize a strike. And then... At 10 a.m. Tuesday morning,
2: the mayor shows up at his daily press conference with Michael Mulgrew, the union president, at his side and also the head of the principal's union.
1: So I want to thank my colleagues in labor who I know are committed to our children and committed to this city.
0: With the union presidents at his side, the mayor announced a compromise. The details had been worked out just the night before.
1: A lot was on the line here to work through. But I'm pleased to report that we've come to an agreement to move forward, to address real concerns that have been raised about how to do things the right way, how to do them the safe, healthy way.
2: They all say, we've got a deal. Uh, We're going to open. It's just going to be delayed. And we are going to do it safely, and we're all on the same team. And applause for all of us.
0: The plan addressed one of the teachers' main concerns, testing. The district agreed to test random samplings of students and teachers for COVID each month. But the bigger change is that in-person school won't be starting next week. The district pushed back that start date by 11 days. And how does pushing back the start of in-person learning address the union's concerns?
2: They'll have a little more time to fix any um building issues with ventilation, a little more time to make sure the PPE is there, a little more time to inspect whether the cleaning protocols are adequate. It just gives a little more breathing room, but
0: people have questioned, is this kicking the can down the road a little bit? But this isn't just about whether teachers or the mayor will be happy with the plan. Ultimately, families will need to feel safe sending their children to school.
2: I talked to one mom who has a um, child with autism, and she really wants him to get services in person. But she also lives with her mother who has all kinds of underlying health conditions, and she's afraid that he'll go to school and bring back an infection. So she's said she could be choosing, in her view, between her child's academic needs and her mother's life. And she didn't want to have to make that choice, and she wasn't sure what she was going to do. I think a lot of parents are super conflicted. The percentage of families that Have chosen in-person learning has ticked down a little bit over time. It was about 75% uh, early August and now it's about 63%. So that means you've got hundreds of thousands of families choosing
0: just to stay remote. What are the stakes for New York City if the school reopening goes wrong?
2: There have been a lot of predictions. You know, it's hard to know. You have a lot of people who have been worried about an exodus from the city. Other people think that concern is exaggerated, that, you know, the city has been through 9-11 and recessions and all kinds of horrible events that it has bounded back from. That's what the mayor has said, that the city keeps bounding back. But whether or not the school system functions well this year could be a real deciding factor for people, I think, with young kids. You know, the allure of a high density city may decrease and families have been looking for schools in the suburbs or schools at their country houses if they have them. Maybe they won't come back. You know, if you can't trust a public school system to deliver, New York City would be a hard place to live.
0: That's all for today. Wednesday, September 2nd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.